Are you that weirdo who's really into spooky season this year? Well, good. Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Happy Hour Gets Weird. beginning of the episode is just a staring contest i know we just stare at each other and hello welcome to our staring contest that happens to be on a podcast which you can't see at all you can just hear it this is our uh next episode in our spooky season series i'm cassie and i'm tiffany and this is happy hour gets weird and spooky welcome (laughs) we're doing great we're having drinks some of us are having drinks and also alka-seltzer just (laughs) one in each hand (laughs) tiffany had a good weekend that means she had a great weekend and um i'm actually getting ready to have a weekend tomorrow and wednesday so i feel like this is friday but it's actually monday I feel very discombobulated. It's okay. What are days? It's quarantine. What are days? They don't matter. What is time? It's a flat circle. Time is a flat circle. That's on the first season of True Detective, the best season of True Detective. That is the best season of True Detective. Absolutely. Oh, God. I'm going to watch it again backwards because time's a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God getting dumber by the minute no I think you're I think you're getting smarter so what are we drinking this week I'm so excited about this cocktail we are drinking the spiritualist margarita and it's basically just a black cherry basil margarita which I got kind of wild and crazy and I opened a capsule of activated charcoal Mm -hmm. and put it in the shaker so it's black and it's very spooky, and I added dry ice to it, so it's bubbly and misty and black. It's very spooky. It's very much in line with our episode this week, so I'm super excited. And the flavor profile is pretty good. It's black cherry, basil, and then all the traditional ingredients for a margarita. It's very good. It looks amazing. Did the charcoal make your teeth black? No. The opposite. They're bright white. I know that if you use that toothpaste, it's supposed to make your teeth super white. But I didn't know if like while drinking it, it gave you like a... Uh Uh-uh. And it also activated charcoal, according to the bottle of the capsules, is supposed to help with gas. (gasps) So no farting at this year's Halloween party. No no farts in sight. I know. I know. A couple years ago, the Halloween party was ruined by farts. It was so farty. The fartiest of parties. (laughs) Anyway, so as always, the pictures and recipes will be on our social media, Instagram, Happy Hour Gets Weird Pod. Um, So go check it out if you're interested in a very spooky margarita. And you can always have it without the activated charcoal. It's just as good. It doesn't add a flavor. It just it's a color. I mean, you can freak people out when they see you drinking a glass full of black tequila. I mean, that in itself is all the reason to do it. Yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah. So now that we have talked about our drink, what is our topic today? Ouija boards. Ooh. Dun, dun. 
Yeah, I seriously, I don't really mess with Ouija boards. Mm-mm. I learned my lesson. Uh, yeah, they are pretty freaky. Mm-hmm. And after I did my half of the research, it made me not want to mess with them more. Although I think that everybody probably our age and older messed around with the Ouija board as a kid, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if kids today play with Ouija boards. I highly doubt it. Maybe like one out of a hundred, whereas when we were kids, I think every kid had a Ouija board experience. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have only, um, I'll quickly, before we get into it, I'll, that I have a very short Ouija board story. It's one and only, first and last. Mm-hmm. I, when I was in, <clears throat> excuse me, middle school, I used to go to my great-grandparents' house after school. And my great-grandma was a hoarder. Mm-hmm. So she had a bunch of stuff. And in that stuff was a Ouija board. And my sister, I think it was my sister, I can't remember, and I decided to play with the Ouija board. And we were in one of the back bedrooms, and we are on the bed, and we are doing the Ouija board, and we're asking it questions, obviously, like irresponsible children who should not have access to a portal to hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, we said, is is there somebody here? And it the planchette went to yes, and we said, you know, asked it a whole bunch of questions, and we said, if you're here, give us a sign. Mm-hmm. And then we sat and we waited and we waited and it was quiet. Nothing really happened. And then all of a sudden, above us, the mm-hmm. ceiling fan, pool chain, started to swing around in a circle. Oh. Yeah. So we ran out of the room, didn't close the session. There's probably demons still living in that house. <laughs> and we never fucked with the Ouija board again. I mean, it's a mild reaction yeah. to our question, but it was like dead silent, no wind, no windows open, and it just started like yeah, around in a circle. I think the mild small things are almost scarier because it's more believable that something could only do a small thing if it was coming from another dimension or mm-hmm. yeah, a realm you. or yes, yeah, yeah. So that was my one and only uh, Ouija board experience. And I it will happily uh, die never having <laughs> messed with one again. Yeah, they sell Ouija boards at the Spirit Halloween store. Mm-mm. And my daughter saw it and was like, oh, Ouija board. And I said, nope, don't even touch it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Uh, pushed her hand off of the box before any bad uh, vibes got onto her tiny little hand, and we kept <laughs> on walking. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think one at a spirit store would be less problematic than maybe, say, a used one at an estate sale. Okay, I will say that every single Ouija board that I've seen at the spirit store looks like it was returned and the box is taped up. So I don't know what the fuck that's about. I don't know if that's an aesthetic to help them sell the product or if people are just running them over with their car and then returning them. Oh, they're probably being possessed by spirits. Yeah. And then the spirit doesn't want to leave, so it tapes up the Ouija board and returns it to the spirit (laughs) store. (laughs) 
Um, anyways. Um, okay, so I my half of the research was the history behind the Ouija board. And that's about as close as I'm getting to a Ouija board, is researching the history. And actually, surprisingly, it was interesting. Yeah, I can't, I don't know anything about the history. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very fitting. It's mysterious. Okay. Um, and I uh, will post the source my sources in our episode description per use. All right, so I'm going to start off by explaining what a Ouija board is because maybe you don't know what it is. It's also known as a spirit board or talking board. And it's it's a flat board, like a game, like a, a board game. Um, some are made of wood. Some these days are not made of wood. They're made of, you know, manufactured cardboard or whatever. It has the alphabet on it. A yes, a no, and goodbye, among other symbols, depending on the board itself. Along with the board comes a planchette, which is shaped, I would say, like a hybrid between a guitar pick and a heart. Mm-hmm. That's a good description. And in uh, the center of the planchette is a circle of negative space in which to see the letters or the words um, that the planchette lands on. Now I am going to read, I went on Hasbro and I'm going to read the directions on how to use a Ouija board from the horse's mouth. Set the Ouija board either on the player's laps or a small table between and reach and within reach of each of the players. Additional players are encouraged to look on and take note of the Ouija board responses. So the, they say the best thing to do is have two people on either side and then have spectators to kind of keep track of what the Ouija board is spelling out. Mm-hmm. Set the planchette in the center of the Ouija board. Place two fingers lightly on the planchette. Now concentrate. Players take turns asking questions and all should agree to the question being asked. Only ask one question at a time and ask your question slowly and clearly and wait to see what the planchette spells out for you. If nothing happens, try asking another question. Allow one to five minutes for an answer to come. So that's a little breakdown of what the Ouija board looks like and what it is, how you're supposed to use it. Now, the Ouija board is a version of automatic writing, which dates back to the Song Dynasty in ancient China, 1100 AD. And automatic writing is a process which is usually used by a medium or a spiritualist. And it's basically writing without consciously thinking about what you're writing, just basically using your body as an instrument for your subconscious or messages um, from the other side, really, or from anywhere. So it's basically just, and I've seen people do it before where they just have a pen and a paper and they just write and write and write and it just, Mm -hmm. they, they kind of use their body as a conduit for messages from wherever. Yeah, I think, is this when they, like on movies, 
where they'll be kind of scribbling and then Mm -hmm. words will start. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of another form of, of that. Now, in the late 1880s, spiritualism, specifically in America, was huge. Mm -hmm. Um, Spiritualists were using various ways to communicate with the dead or or the spirit realm or another dimension or or whatever. Um, And a good example of that is the Fox Sisters. And they basically traveled the world communicating with the dead by a series of knocks. So they would say, if you're a spirit, knock three times, and then they, there would be three knocks. They were very famous spiritualists, the Fox Sisters. You probably have heard of them. If you don't, you can research them. They're, they're very famous in their time. I think we're going to do an episode on them. Ooh, that would be a good episode. Okay, so now perhaps the most mysterious thing about the Ouija board is that its origin is somewhat of a mystery. What? Yeah. All we know is that in May of 1890, Elijah Bond, an inventor and a businessman, filed a patent for the planchette to go along with the board. Then ads started popping up around Ohio in newspapers advertising a strange and mysterious talking board that could communicate or you could ask it questions and it would give you answers. It wasn't really marketed towards um, communicating with the dead, but it was marketed as strange and mysterious. Kind of like a magic eight ball. Yes, exactly. Like a magic eight ball. What if this whole time that was actually communicating with the dead? I had one of those. I asked it so many questions. <laughs> magic eight ball. And it was just a ghost answering me the whole time. <laughs> it's a tiny ghost trapped in the ball. My whole life's plan has been determined by a ghost in my childhood home. Every decision I've ever made was <laughs> influenced by someone who is passed on. Okay, but is that really worse than just having the magic eight ball dictate every decision in your life? <laughs> Actually, it's probably better <laughs> yes. if you think about it. That's interesting, though, that it wasn't even uh, kind of pushed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. In February of 1891, the patent was granted for the planchette. So here we have Elijah Bond, and then he has an employee named William Fold. He took, William Fold took over the production of the Ouija board and he claimed that the board actually named itself in a session. What? So, yes, it wasn't actually named the Ouija board from the beginning. It was just like the talking board. It was called a talking board. So in the session, William Fold asked the board what it was called, and the planchette moved about the board until Ouija was spelled. Okay, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah, and... Fold claimed that it was ancient Egyptian for good luck. Is that true? I don't know. It can't be proven one way or the other. Although others say Ouija is a combination of the French and German word for yeah, yes, which French is we, and then in German it's ya with a J. So we, if you were to like Sna- pronounce them it, together, it would be Ouija. Ouija, but it's we pronounce it Ouija here at least. Um, so Fold 
eventually took credit for inventing the whole thing. Um, and he's widely associated with the Ouija board today. However, in 1886, about 20 years after the end of the Civil War, spiritualist camps were popping up all over the United States. It was, when I say this was booming, it was booming. Spiritualism was such a big trend in the United States around this time. There was one specifically in Ohio. At this camp, there was word of a mysterious a mysterious board that spiritualists were using to contact the dead. Now, here's what I think. In my personal opinion, I think Elijah Bond went to this spiritualist camp in Ohio. Because if you remember, at the beginning I said there was ads in the newspaper in mm-hmm. Ohio popping mm-hmm. up for this mysterious talking board. So it kind of started in Ohio. I think Elijah went to the spiritualist camp. I think he saw the board being used and being an inventor and a businessman. I think he saw an opportunity to market it and make money from it. Totally. Yes. So I think a spiritualist invented the board or it had been around for many, many, many years used by spiritualists and mediums and the occult and Bond just saw an opportunity to mass market and make money. Um, That's what I think. That's my personal opinion. That makes sense. People used Mm -hmm. to even just use like write on a paper and then use a glass. Mm -hmm. So that could have been going on for a long time. And then he's like, oh, I can make a, you know, prettier version of this. Yes. Yeah. So today the Ouija board is synonymous with spiritualism and obviously curious teens and young teens some religious people warned to stay away from a ouija board for fear of demonic possession which i would uh say yeah i agree with that don't touch it it's you better safe than possessed (laughs) that's my motto Better safe than possessed. Um, While modern day occultists and spiritualists are kind of divided 50-50, some believe it uh, to be a good tool to be um, used in a seance, and some believe that you should stay away from it if you are um, a novice or you are not um, experienced. And interestingly, in the early days, when it was starting to be advertised to the masses, as in 1890, mm-hmm. uh, it was marketed as a harmless parlor game, not associated with the occult. And it wasn't until Pearl Curran, a famous American spiritualist, popularized its use for contacting the other side around World War One that it actually became, uh, like, I think... It had always been part of the small spiritualist occult community. Mm-hmm. But as far as like mass, the mass of Americans, they always thought it was like kind of a fun parlor game. And maybe they didn't necessarily use it to ask um, questions of the other side. They just used it kind of as like a mysterious, let's ask it a question, you know, let's see, like an eight ball, really. Yeah. But the cool kids knew what was up pretty yeah. much. And then it, it wasn't until a, a popular spiritualist around World War One kind of brought it to the mainstream. Yeah, that it was something of, of the occult. So, and that's pretty much it. It's very mysterious. We don't really know who invented it. I think 
I think a talking board has been around for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and like automatic writing, it's all part of kind of under the same umbrella. And I think that there was just a businessman in the 1890s who saw an opportunity to kind of mass market it and it took off from there I totally agree he took something that people used to just be able to make on their own for free Mm -hmm. and and made it something that people wanted to spend their money on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. can we do that like the pet rock in the 70s can we figure this out yes let's think of something okay So now I'm going to talk about some true crime cases that are linked to the Ouija board. And this is where it gets good. It was already good. I'm really fascinated by the history of the Ouija board. It's mysterious. I think that the the story about it naming itself honestly kind of creeped me out, but that's fine. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to talk about three cases. Um... There are obviously many, many more. Well, uh, maybe that's not obvious. It's actually kind of bizarre that there are so many cases, tr- true crime cases linked to a Ouija board, but I'm going to talk about three today. And uh, our sources will be posted. So the first story I'm going to cover is an old one. Okay, my favorite. And it's the main reason I wanted to cover crimes associated with the Ouija board. Because it happened in the very small town where I grew up, Biggs, California. That's a misnomer. On March 17th, 1923, Mae Murdoch shot her husband of 26 years four times. Robert Murdoch died on April 1st in the hospital. But what had caused this heinous crime to occur after what seemed to be a long and happy marriage? You, you ask, right? You ask that, Cassie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I was born in 20, 1922, so I think I, I remember, remember this story. You remember? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I do. You, that would only make you one. <laughs> you remember this case from when you were one? I have. Yes. You were one at the time of the case. <laughs> you just, Didn't plan that one out. That was like, got, you know what? You had to. I have a very good memory. Back in that day, you had to grow up fast. Mm-hmm. You did. By one, you were reading true crime in the papers. By 12, mm-hmm. you were married. It's mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> now I don't even know where it was. So. Because <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> I forgot where I was at. Oh. So what caused this heinous crime? The previous Christmas, May had purchased a Ouija board for her son. Mm-mm. Spooky gift. <laughs> Pretty rad lady. No, just kidding. <laughs> May had become interested in the Ouija board as well as spiritualism. Mm, okay. See? All the rage. Mm-hmm. Spiritualism was the podcasting of... <laughs> 1920s. 1920s. So May began consulting the board and asking it questions. Her close friend... Eva Frost, testified at May's trial that she witnessed May using the board, but May would always write the questions down and not share them. So hmm. Eva was never sure what the, bo- what the board's responses meant, which I found like an interesting little tidbit. That is interesting. Yeah, clearly 
that shows that something was going on, at least in May's mind, that she didn't want to share even with her friend. According to May, the Ouija board told her horrible news. Oh, no. Robert was having an affair with a much (gasps) younger woman named Anna Baker, only 18 years old. Oh, no. And, again, this is what the Ouija board said, according to May. Robert was going to murder her (gasps) and bury her on their property. Oh, my goodness. When one day Robert returned home with a large supply of lime. Oh, my God. Robert really lost his damn mind. She knew it was to dispose of her corpse. I like how you're immediately taking the Ouija board side of this whole story. <laughs> Look, I are you surprised? Because I have my entire life consulted a magic eight ball for all of my major decision making. This podcast is riding on a magic eight ball's back right now. <laughs> it decides every topic we cover. <laughs> so... On the day of the murder, May and Robert were home alone. Robert came towards her. Uh, The story kind of made it seem like he was, like, trying to get some affection from her because their kids were out of the house. So he kind of, like, came towards her in a jokey way. She was terrified because she had this underlying feeling that her husband was going to murder her Mm -hmm. and bury her body. Right. And so she panicked ran away from him, which he took as her being playful. Oh, shit. This is a terrible situation. Yeah, but she wasn't being playful. She grabbed her gun and shot him four times on their porch. Oh, my goodness. So Robert, as I said, unfortunately died, all because May believed the story of a Ouija board, which according to the website that I got most of this information from, which is a really cool website called asclosetocrime.blogspot.com. Um, she had apparently told the uh, the police officer in the, the little town that she thought her husband was having an affair and she wanted him arrested, which I don't know if you could get arrested for that in the 20s. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe something could happen. Or more than likely, they were all just friends. So she told the police officer so he could chew his ass or something I don't know apparently the police officer went to the address that the Ouija board had told May was uh-huh. where the supposed mistress lived. Anna Baker did yeah. they check on an Anna Baker there there was no Anna Baker at the address it was a fake name they were using fake names or the Ouija board it was Hannah Barker <laughs> it was just it was actually Abba Caker. She was one. It was just one letter off. <laughs> Abba Caker. That's a new, that's a nice name. I like it. It was a super popular name in nineteen twenty. That's, that's my new going out name. <laughs> Abba Caker. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a, a bizarre story. I mean, May and Robert both believed that she was not of her right mind at the time of the shooting even Robert didn't think so and expressed as much before he died but the courts found her sane in this case because it was so long ago it was the 20s and because spiritualism was such a big deal it gives a little bit more credence to the idea that she would believe Mm -hmm. this situation Mm -hmm. I was just gonna say you know 
I think that she honestly believed that Robert was having an affair and she believed in this Ouija board and she believed in spiritualism and she really bought into it. She really leaned into it. The next murder I'm covering is incredibly sad and totally senseless. Okay. In Orlando, Florida, in 1987, Anthony Allen Hall, 25, Bunny Dixon, 16, Elizabeth Town, 18, and Daniel Bowen, 23, murdered Naup Van Dang, age 25. The women posed as hitchhikers and waited by the roadside until an unsuspecting Dang pulled over to kindly offer a ride. When he stopped, the men jumped out and held him at gunpoint. They tied him up and put him in the trunk. They then drove to Daytona Beach, where a large inverted cross was carved into his chest and Dang was shot seven times. Oh my goodness. So awful. Yeah, terrible. Hall claimed that he only partook in the crimes because Dixon, who was the 16-year-old, had put a satanic spell on him. The group claimed that they had committed this horrific crime because they needed the car and money to get to a carnival in Virginia that they planned on joining. All right. Well, that's the stupidest reason to do anything. Yeah. These people are fucking morons, clearly. The plan, they claimed, came from the spirit of a 10-year-old boy who they spoke to through a Ouija board. Mm, Pretty sure that wasn't a 10-year-old boy. It's probably a demon from the third circle of hell. It's probably these people just wanting an excuse to commit Mm -hmm. a horrific crime and to act Mm -hmm. like they're like Satan worshipers, which was probably not even true either. Mm -hmm. So, so sad. Poor dang. I know. Just being a good Samaritan, pulling over, helping two ladies trying to get to a carnival. Totally. And he was only Mm -hmm. 25. That's, that's awful. That even there was a 16 year old involved in the murder. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. And the, and one of the guys, which. So it was one of the 20 somethings blaming a 16 year old who blamed a ghost of a 10 year old. Yes. That's what's happening here. Yeah. The 25 year old was trying to blame a 16 year old and they were all trying to say a ghost of a 10 year old. It was a ghost of a 10 year old's idea. Okay. That's just ridiculous. And have fun in prison. Senseless. Goodbye. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. Obviously, the first murder was sad, but this one I was was really sad. So it's really just senseless. So my final story is honestly unbelievable. Okay. 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 Sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Okay. I like I like And although this, this is, is another sad one, I always think that when we do true crime, if it's a murder, I'm always bummed out by it. But this story mm-hmm. is just I can't believe what some people will do and what some people will be a party to. Okay. All right. So this story takes place in Minko, Oklahoma in 2001. Oh, my goodness. All right. Which I wish these were all from like 1910. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Carol Sue Elvaker, her daughter Tammy Sue Roach, 
and Tammy Roach's two daughters, ages 15 and 10, were playing with the Ouija board. Tammy's husband, Brian Roach, was asleep in the next room. Elle Baker, the grandmother, Mm -hmm. attacked Brian and fatally stabbed him with a knife. What the hell? Brian begged for help in the last moments of his life, but he was left to bleed out. Oh, my God. Okay, this is crazy. Then Elvaker attempted to attack the 10-year-old child. <gasps> oh, my gosh. She believed that Brian and the child were evil. I think, ma'am, you're the evil one here. After the stabbing of her husband and the attempted attack on her child, Tammy Roach took the knife from her mother and hid it in the house. Then, all four of them, the grandma-slash-murderer, her daughter, and these two poor children got into a car with grandma behind the wheel. (laughs) This is crazy. Okay. Elvaker drove them up Interstate 44, where she crashed the car into a sign because at that point, she wanted them all dead. What the? Okay. Luckily, no one sustained major injuries aside from Elvaker herself, who broke both her ankles. Good. That's karma. She exited the vehicle. On two broken ankles. She was the one who was possessed by a demon, by the way. Attempted to push the 15-year-old into oncoming traffic. What? And then ran away into the woods, stripping off all her clothes as she ran. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. She was quickly. I need to process this. Hold on. She had two broken ankles. Mm-hmm. She got out of her vehicle. Uh huh. I picture her feet like, like <laughs> sideways, <laughs> next to her. Like I picture the ankle bone is what she's standing on, and her feet are just flapping. <laughs> On the sides. And then she ran across the highway, jumped over like the whatever concrete barrier, stripping off her clothes, and then ran into the woods. Oh, she's for for sure possessed by a demon. I mean, honestly, fucking sounds like it. So she was quickly apprehended by the police, still hiding in the woods. Quote, it's amazing how the grandmother was able to let this Ouija board consume her life and how she was able to brainwash her daughter and granddaughters, said Brett Burns, assistant district attorney. And I think that we can all agree with that. Uh, Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. It's insane. It's obviously extremely sad that a man was brutally stabbed to death. But this whole he story was... is so bizarre that if I saw it in a movie, I would say this is stupid and fake. Like nobody would do... How could all this happen? Why would the daughter go with her mom who just killed her husband and tried to kill her daughter? Yeah, I mean... Her daughter also had charges pressed against her for, like, child endangerment and... Obviously. It's... What the fuck? What is this house of horrors? I don't know. I'm just, like... I'm fixated on the running on the two broken ankles thing. Like, I can't... What the fuck? That's freaky to me. Yeah. When you have a demon in your body, you're light on your feet. <laughs> Seriously, fucking wild. It is. Great. That and that, children, is why you don't mess with Ouija boards. These are three perfectly good examples of why you do not touch a Ouija board. There's so many other things that you could be doing with your time. Like a magic eight ball. Can't go wrong with a magic eight ball. 
I'm doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't complain. <laughs> Here I am living the dream. There's seven magic eight balls behind you. <laughs> when I was reading these, though, I I feel like the first one with me, with me and Robert, I do, like you said, it was, you know, spiritualism was big and it was a long time ago. Like, I do think that she honestly thought that something was speaking to her through the Ouija mm-hmm. board. Uh, she even like changed her will and everything because she thought mm-hmm. that either she was going to die or something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But with the second people, I 100%, 100% think that even if they did mess with the Ouija board, which who even fucking knows if that's true, mm-hmm. I think that they were just looking for that little like push or something to confirm like the horrible shit that they just wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that that's the case with a lot of people when they're on things like Ouija boards. It's kind of like manifesting what they already want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to say it's kind of just that, I don't know, it's you reading into maybe some kind of weird sign that, you know, you put it out there. But I also say, I, I was reading something, I was researching the history and I didn't really go into it, but... There's something with Ouija boards and the, you know, psychiatrists say that they can put you in this, like, weird thing where you kind of subconsciously bring your desires out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like you said, I truly do believe May was maybe just confused or maybe having some kind of breakdown or maybe she believed a little bit too much in the Ouija board. Uh, or or maybe Robert really was, you know, having an affair with someone in town. I don't know. But uh, the other two, I think they just used it kind of as an excuse to behave badly and hurt the people around them. Yes, exactly. Um, which is sad and senseless, like you said. it's That's the perfect word to describe, sen- senseless. I, also, speaking of senseless, it's senseless to just fuck with the Ouija board, period. I think that if you want to mess with the Ouija board, that's totally on you. Just make sure you do it respectfully and the right way and don't use it as an excuse for bad behavior. <laughs> that's what tequila's for. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, honestly, a Ouija board tequila, either one. I mean, at least with tequila, you have more fun. So how do you close a session? Okay, so um, if you believe that the Ouija board has the power to open some kind of portal, whether it's to the spirit realm, to hell, to another astral plane. Some people believe that it opens a portal to an astral plane. or just simply to talk to spirits. If you believe that it has the power to close the session, you simply tell the spirits. Um, you appreciate them for answering your questions. And um, you tell them you have no other questions. You bid them goodbye. And you move the planchette to the goodbye to close the portal so no other spirits will come through and disturb you. If you're not using a planchette, you're using a cup or whatever, you just move it to goodbye. And then after you've closed the session or the portal or whatever you call it, you um, clean up your, like if you lit candles or incense, mm-hmm. anything that you prepped 
mm-hmm. you clean you clean that up and you um burn your house put it down. away <laughs> you pull a britney spears and burn her workout garage down <laughs> maybe that's that's what was going on she was doing a ouija session and she's like mm-hmm. i'm just burning this bitch to the ground now mm-hmm. yeah it was actually a ouija seance <laughs> why did she have and- so many candles lit in her gym works out with can't I don't know anyways so I guess it's that simple that's just one thing I found I'm sure there's lots of ways to close a session I'm sure some people don't even believe the Ouija board is real I'm sure some believe it's real and there's another way to close a session I don't know that's why just don't do it it's all fun and games until you're running down the highway butt-ass naked on two broken ankles (laughs) exactly Well, I guess that wraps up our Ouija episode. Um, Thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate it. And we are um, not good at goodbyes. I'm not good at goodbyes. I'm just not good at goodbyes. (laughs) I would rather ghost you from a party than have to say goodbye. And that's what I'm doing now. (gasps) I'm forcing you to sit through an awkward goodbye. (gasps) When I should have just ghosted you from this episode. It would be appropriate. It's spooky. We just don't say goodbye. It just ends. Dead air. And then the podcast is over forever. We never do anything ever again. And nobody knows what happened to us. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just, I just ghost you from this episode. And then I send a text like, you up? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, despite my terrible goodbyes, Thank you so much for listening. We truly do appreciate it. We um, love doing this podcast and we love hearing from you. So if you have a spooky Ouija story that you want to send us, we'd love to hear it. You can email us at happyhourgetsweird at gmail. You can slide into our DMs. Slide right in there. Yeah. And then you could ghost us. It doesn't even matter. We wouldn't even be offended or upset if you sent us a story and then we never heard from you again. That's all we want. Send us your weird <laughs> Spooky, paranormal, true crime, whatever stories, and then never speak to us again. Yes. We appreciate it. Yes, we truly do. (laughs) And on that note, love yourself. Lock your doors. And light some sage. Cheers to that. that.